Travis Poppleton. And my name is Terrence. Don't call me Terry Abney. And this is the Connecticut Show, where each week we take a new look at New England, and we are in the middle of a pretty glorious fall. I was a bit worried about it, Terrence, because of the uh, the drought that we've gone through this year. I told you it would be pretty. I, I don't think that that's especially prophetic, seeing as it's always pretty. <laughs> Um, but there's some there's some years where it's like fireworks, like you're driving down the road and it is bright red and bright orange. And I was I was worried that because of the drought and it was happening. I think we did see it where a lot of the leaves were falling while they were still green. Oh, yeah. Because the trees weren't as healthy. And I would say this is not a, a you know, one of our finest falls ever, but it is quite pretty. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. I got a yard full of leaves, full of red and orange leaves and a couple of brown ones, like you said. I think some of them did just decide to give up the ghost and jump off the tree from the drought, but hadn't been as bad. We didn't talk about this before the show, so absolutely shut me down if this is not a topic we want to touch on. But there was, I think you had said, there was one year where you decided not to rake the leaves. And I'm, I want a thumbs no, no, up no. or a thumbs down. Are we allowed to talk about this? <laughs> yeah, we, we are. But let's be clear. Yeah. I didn't decide <laughs> not to rake anything. The, the reason I want to talk about this, uh, one, it's fall. And it's, it's beautiful. And, and this episode, I think we're going to slide into Rhode Island and give everyone our first take on what um, Rhode Island was like for us. Uh, I've been a few times. Terrence has been a few times. And um, being new to New England, Rhode Island is one of those places that I think you have a lot of ideas about, and, and we'll talk about the practicality. But before we get there, the reason I want to ask about this is because as you were telling the story, I could tell you assumed that I knew how it ended. And I, I didn't. As you were you were telling me about the fact that you let the leaves stay there for the season, part of me thought, oh, is that smart? Like, is that good? <laughs> Does that fertilize the lawn? So I'm going to let you tell the story um, and I would say, just don't assume everybody knows how it ends. My lovely partner, my beautiful better half, my gorgeous wife, read an article somewhere online because every article online is true. And this one has some some truth to it because she their article is talking about the environmental impact of raking leaves and how leaves are supposed to be well they're supposed to decompose and then that gives the nitrogen and nutrients back to the ground and you know that keeps the life going i don't know all the things about it but but before we go any further on this article when you say the environmental impact is is the idea that if you rake it up that that nutrients doesn't go back in the ground or is there something even more nefarious is there a problem was it suggested that by raking them up, additional things happen other than the nutrients problem? I don't know because I didn't read the article. Okay. What right. I do know yes. <laughs> is people usually either, A, rake their yards so that the leaves aren't all over it and it leaves it all crappy and kills the grass you do have, or they mulch it up. But they don't just use... We have big oak trees and 
you drill the chart what we're charter oak here the, yeah. we have these big oak trees and all these other trees you got leaves the side of my head on the ground that just fall <laughs> on the ground um, not that i have a huge head but that's a, yeah. still a pretty big leaf it's a pretty big leaf and and there's and it's not just dry here first so that's one thing it's not just dry leaves that you're dealing with these wet leaves that get here that get significantly more wet because the snow is going to fall on them and all that stuff. But again, my partner's like, yeah, but let's just leave it this year because we can leave it. And then it should help. It should help the yard really, because it says that it gives the nutrients back and all this stuff that she read. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. I was like, I've never seen anybody do it. And the granted, I'm not speaking from experience or because I read this article. I'm just telling her like, this sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> and I know times before where I've had to rake up wet leaves off the ground, the yard didn't look good. The grass, I was telling them, the grass is usually like brown after you leave that stuff on there. And, underneath. and I did not know this. So in your wife's defense, um, I'm still with you. Like as you're telling the story, I'm like, yeah, so what happens? That totally sounds reasonable. So this, it, to people who have not done that or, or seen that, um, what happens next? The snow does come on it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's right. The season comes. We get out there, and this resulted in my wife saying she'll never read again. Another article again, <laughs> just by the way, so which hasn't happened, but still. But we start getting up the leaves, and the yard looks terrible. The leaves are like heavy; they're wet, and when we finally get to the to the grass, it's just the grass is ruined. It's brown. It looks like there's no coming back. I, at the point, even my even even my wife said, "I don't know if we'll ever have green grass again." <laughs> Which is when that's when she said, when she seen my face when she said that, that's when she was like, "Terrence, I'm never gonna read again." <laughs> but it, it also created these. There are patches Wait, where the I, leaves I were think, at. It was just yeah. Let's stop there as well. Your wife is one of the most educated, like intelligent women I I've met. So just to be very clear, this is a flippant comment right yeah i'm pretty sure she was being funny yeah so um yeah. so we have brown grass but is it like is it brown from from the stain of the leaves is that what's making it brown or has something actually happened to the grass where it's, it's less healthy than it was i don't know i'm assuming less healthy because other people yards who got their leaves up around us theirs didn't look like ours for the first two months of spring and also it created these these divots. There are pockets in our yard to where the leaves settled and we but the yard was flat. We had a flat yard, pretty even now. We got the leaves up and there are pockets to where it was just like little divots in the yard. Like like holes. Not holes, but ditches. Small ditches in the yard. And again, granted, I wanna say, I don't think now some years later I don't think that was just caused by the leaves, but the correlation at the time was it was flat here, and now since this pile of leaves sat here, it's sinking in. It was just, it was just, it was bad. But that, that's a a slight fall slash winter story. It, so if you're thinking about doing that, mulch the leaves, or if mulching is cutting them up with the lawnmower and let them scatter, that's probably okay. Don't just leave your leaves out there. And again, I get the environmental stuff, but you can put them on the outskirts. You can put them in the woods. But it, and, it, and if you don't care about how your lawn looks, then go at it. Leave them out there and just let them sit. 
Yeah, I don't know. That can't be universal advice because not everybody has woods in their backyard. Um, even in New England, not everybody is as, you know, kind of glamping like we are. I remember in California, we would do that. There was like a setting on the lawnmower, but we're talking uh, one one hundredth of the leaf count on our lawn that we would yeah. have here. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe coming from California, it made a little more sense to me, which is why I wanted to hear how this ends, because I don't know. I don't know. I do want to ask on the divots if you think is that a hundred percent correlation and, and i would love to hear it from any of our listeners who know about this um is it is it possible like the soil itself has actually been impacted by by that process and i, I don't even know what that process is it looked like something definitely settled now i want to give my wife credit i don't think because I was, I was really upset at how the yard looked because we took those leaves off and it looked completely different than it did the, <laughs> the uh, spring before. But I think some of the settling actually occurred from, it, it may have sped up this process because again, no divots, divots after the winter, just to be clear. I want right. to keep saying that. But it also comes from, from what I, my understanding that people remove trees, mm-hmm. of course, to build, but they'll leave the stumps in the ground. As those stumps start to rot, the land will start to settle. Really? So I'm pretty sure that's some of our problem right there. Or we could just have very... Because there's no soil there. The trunk rots, and then as it rots, it leaves kind of a, a place where nothing is now. Because I right. imagine that like compacts, right? And then the... Right. The, okay, that makes sense. I have a feeling... Every time it makes sense in my head and I kind of piece it together and then I ask an expert, they're like, well, you're missing 15 other steps. But just on surface, on, on a blank piece of paper, that looks like that makes sense to me. The tree's there, it compacts, it rots, and then you have a divot. That, I'm going to go with, makes more sense than I left a leaf there and then it snowed on the leaf. Let's and be now clear. A divot. <laughs> Travis is uh, not taking my word seriously. He said He just said a leaf. I want to be clear. This was thousands and thousands of leaves <laughs> sitting on the lawn for months. Right. And then you put snow on there and leave that. I, I'm not questioning uh, your integrity at all. Um, I'm saying it's easier for me to piece together how the tree decomposing would settle the, the dirt. It's easier for my brain to piece that together than it is for a pile of leaves. All I hear is you're taking <laughs> my wife's side. There's no side. I thought your wife agreed that she was never going to have you do the leaf thing again. You're still taking her side. That's what. That's all I hear right now. You, you really you should try know to, that Terrence is like really, shaking his head slowly. You, you're really just trying to explain <laughs> why this should have made sense to me. That's how I hear. I, I hear you trying to make it make sense to me at the time. Uh-huh. And I'm not hearing it. What I feel like I'm saying is that you and your wife agree that it was not the best idea. And the aftermath of it is what I'm trying to understand. I I didn't know that your wife had taken a side on the aftermath. But I will say, um, I now totally believe you. And that's what what I'm taking (laughs) from this. And just so you know, listeners, if you leave leaves and it snows, uh, there's going to be a divot. Your lawn won't be the same. It's hard to, it's hard to recover from. Him, I'll say that. All right. Uh, so that's that's fall so far. We're gonna have a Halloween episode in two weeks because we are getting to the end of October. Can you believe we are 
wrapping up 2022 here. Yeah, we should record it, put it on YouTube, put on our costumes. Is that too much? Y'all let us know if that's too much or not. There, there are a lot of video blogs, uh, blogs, uh, no. podcasts. We, we can totally do one. Yeah, we need to hear if they want to see us though. Y'all um, want to see us? You think? There are, there are, there's a, a wide spectrum of faces on YouTube that get plenty of views. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily relevant how attractive we are, uh, which will side in my favor. But, but I think there are some people who would just prefer to throw up a YouTube channel and hit play than hear us on the radio or try and find us on uh, an Apple podcast or some other podcast. System. I will tell y'all right now, since Travis said he's not exaggerating, Travis's eyes are hypnotizing, just to be clear. No, I was, I was saying exactly the opposite. We are talking about Rhode Island today. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm moving us off this subject, but we can do a video. If you want to do a video, I don't know what I would dress up as, uh, but if, if that's going to be supportive to this Halloween cause, I'm all in. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's jump into Rhode Island so I can make up for talking bad about Rhode Island at the Big E. Did you talk bad? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> but going back, let's go back there really quickly. Um, the Big E, we went into the Rhode Island um, state house. They had like different state houses for each of the, the New England states. We went into Rhode Island and Terrence may, for the, possibly the first time in my life that I've ever seen this, Terrence may not have hit it off with the two people behind the counter who were answering questions. So that may have come across as, as a negative, and, and I think Terrence is going to change that all right now, uh, lead us into to the Rhode Island conversation. Yes, first of all, I want to apologize to people in the State House. I thought that person was jumping <laughs> over Rhode Island. Maybe it was Black Island they were jumping over, but either way, yeah. the state's pretty small. I thought they could have had a beautiful picture of the whole state from the sky. <laughs> My apologies. Right, like how My high bad. up in the sky do you have to be to see the outline? Not the outline, but the the entirety of Rhode Island. I don't know. No, no, you could go. You can see. You can see five states from the top of Mount Washington. Sure, when from you're what I've heard. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we we're gonna have a Mount Washington episode too. But so tell me. Um, so I went to Providence, Rhode Island, okay. a couple weekends ago. Beautiful city, I will say. Very hilly. Much more. New England, in general, this area is very hilly. Very. Have you noticed that? Just in general, just when you go around, it's, you start walking. It's a lot of hills. But anyway, yes, um, my nephew actually visited Brown University. So I got to go chill out in Providence. Got to go tour the campus of Brown. And I will give it, I will give it an A. So Providence is a Providence is a, is a happening city. Did you say he was accepted at Brown? He has been accepted at Brown. Congratulations to him. Congratulations. I would have never thought, well, excuse me, as a teenager myself, I just thought Brown was a color. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought about applying to Brown University. It, it's, it's one of the, I don't think of that immediately when I think of the Ivy Leagues. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't get the prestige. Not It has the prestige, but you don't. You don't think of it as quickly, but it is. It's an Ivy League. It's a, right. a top-notch school. We've, um, done, we've done such a good job of raising raising him that he didn't think Ivy Leagues were that big of a deal. He didn't. It's funny compared to when we were younger. You hear Ivy League, you're like, oh wow. I think. I mean, I think he has some friends that are and teammates and stuff who are going to like just Princeton's and 
UPN. Now um, he and he's actually got recruited by UPN. But it's just funny, or Penn, excuse me, as some people say, because I hear there's a big deal about that between UPN and them being called Penn. So don't call University of Pennsylvania just UPN. It's Penn. Anyhow, it, when I was younger, we, we were like Ivies. Oh, wow, cool. And it's just funny now, it's like we're talking to some of our kids, and they're like, yeah. Like, even my daughter sometimes, she'll use school. She's like, yeah. And I think that's kind of a you know, a result of us all of working in higher education and being around schools. But it's just funny, just that difference. And I guess it's how you want it to be. Like our kids eyes are open to more than ours were. But as a result, some what they take as a big deal is definitely not the same thing we took as a big deal. Cause he was just like the Ivy leagues. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, what does that mean? And then he left there. And I had this tour, he was like, oh, this is, and so I'll put this in perspective. We were talking about Georgia Tech, and he had, which is a phenomenal institution, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I dreamed that my son would go to Georgia Tech. Like, we were both very big fans, right. as, as and that being a possible one. So, yeah, no no knock on Georgia Tech at all. It's a fantastic school. Right. Yeah. Which, and again, not easy to get into. And as I was as I was talking to him, he was like, "Yeah, I'm a little nervous, cause, um, you know, with Georgia Tech, a lot of my friends who go there, they're they're really smart, and when they get accepted into Georgia Tech, and I was thinking like, dude, you're visiting Brown University, like, I don't know which one is higher ranked, but I do know neither is a cupcake school to get into." <laughs> And so again, it's just funny how their outlook on things and what that, what it really, what it really means to them versus what it meant to me when I was younger. The the priority shift, I think, is something that's that's very accurate. Um, and I I think that it would be interesting to um, have a UConn student or some student here tell us why they chose what they chose. But what's interesting about um, universities here is they're kind of commonplace for you to drive by Yale or Harvard or, um, you know, this is a place where seeing really prestigious schools is almost something that happens on your way to the market. And that's a bit hyperbolic. But when you look at it, when you go to a place like Brown, um, you said that he noticed when he was there that it was different, that it was better. What were the elements for someone who maybe had different priorities or didn't necessarily care as much um, about what an Ivy League was or wasn't, what happened when he was there that switched his perspective? Um, I'm not sure of that. We didn't get into the conversation that deep, but I I would imagine, because I got to go on the tour, the campus tour with um, with one of the staff members, and I think it's just what they tell you when you're on campus. Like, how many students are getting placed in jobs after this, the networking. And I think after talking to some of the students and realizing like what a lot of the students are doing academically, what they're doing after college and the connections, I think that's when it hit like, oh, okay, this is like a bigger deal than I thought. I, I think a lot of people wonder that. Like when you're a kid in your backyard playing basketball and you're thinking that you're doing really well and you ask the question, 
how much better could Michael Jordan be? Like, right. I know he's better, but me and my 15-year-old self, man, I'm, I'm hitting every three I'm throwing up right now, right? Um, and, I, and I think any time that you come up against a, a different level, even a you know, collegiate level, professional level, you start to see, oh, there's a lot more work involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering if there was a moment that he was like, this is, this is a Michael Jordan as opposed to you know, a, a, some player at TCU, maybe. <laughs> so, Inside jokes. Yeah, but <laughs> those are the best on radio shows. But I think, I think it really was going to visit the school and then spending time with the students there and just seeing the vibe and, again, really just hearing about, I, I believe it's probably just hearing about tradition, seeing the vibe, and actually seeing, and he got to visit the class also. And so really seeing like what all that was like and really the resources that the school has also for the students. Um, while you were talking, I did Google it really quickly, and this is a, a single Google search. Brown is ranked 13 out of 443 schools that were compared. And Georgia Tech, do you have a guess? Georgia Tech was probably number eight. You thought Georgia Tech would be higher, even after this whole conversation about Brown being better than Georgia Tech. For engineering, it absolutely is. All right, fair enough. No, it was uh, 44. Okay. So about what we said, like Brown is, is Ivy League, and then Georgia Tech is still a fantastic school. To be in the top 50 is a, is an honor, I would say. My Georgia bias just jumped in. That's, being asked that question on the spot. Right, you know, right. Georgia bias had to jump in and be like... <laughs> How is it not number one? <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, that said, that was not your first time to Rhode Island. That was just not, recently. So this is this is my recent visit. It was my first time seeing Water Place Park. Wait, so where is Brown exactly? Providence, Rhode Island. I feel okay. The the two places well, let's start with Providence. Um when you first went to Rhode Island, was it specifically to see Providence? Yeah, actually yes. The first time I went, I was here and a couple of my friends just wanted to go to well, co workers I will say. Wanted to go check out Providence and see it to see the town. So I went there. We just walked around the town. That's actually my second time on Brown's campus. We also went around Brown's campus at that time. And so just to chill out. I didn't remember Brown's campus, but I do remember the town being pretty cool. And actually that's one of we that's one of the places me and Velda went when we first start um dating. Providence. Providence. Okay. What what did you think Providence was? And then what was Providence? How would you compare your perception to the reality? I had no idea of what Providence or Rhode Island was going to look like, especially based on it's going back to what we talk about all the time, especially based on where Mansfield, Connecticut is at and how you can drive 30 minutes besides getting to Hartford, 30 minutes anywhere besides going to Hartford is like can be still in the middle of nowhere here. And so going to Providence, there's a lot of that. Like you're passing through these small towns and then you more small towns. You see the Rhode Island sound, which is right outside of another small town, smaller town in um Rhode Island excuse me, in Connecticut. And then the city kind of just op it kinda t- almost just opens up. You're like, oh, some bigger buildings. There's a niche there though because there are, it's a we say quaint, I would say it's a bigger version 
of the quaint towns. I don't know how you have you been there before. Yes. Yeah. So I would say it's a bigger version of those quaint towns that we talk about in New England, because it's like a I feel like it's a definitely get more of a city vibe with more resources there than a quaint town. But I still thought it was because it's a walk. It's a walkable city. And everything was kind of and everything's kind of close. Mm-hmm. But I still got like that. I'm not it's it's not the country, basically. It's not it's not rural. And so I think and I think that's what my um nephew liked about it also. Um, I'll say the, the two places I think we should probably compare. And I wouldn't say Rhode Island. I wouldn't make a statement about Rhode Island because I think somewhere like Newport is nothing like Providence. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. My perception growing up was that Rhode Island was going to have lighthouses and there wouldn't be any sort of city. It would just be like these little cottages by the sea. And somehow the entire state was going to be a port town. And I would have guessed from all of the states that Rhode Island was the quintessential New England town. I would have thought, Connecticut and New Hampshire and Vermont were our fall towns. Like that's where you go to see the leaves. Rhode Island is where you go to see the lighthouses. Maine was more of like a woodsy lumberjack place. Like these are my perceptions. If we're just saying without having any idea uh, as a kid or a younger person, when people would talk about New England, this is largely how I saw it. So Providence to me, first of all, is nothing like that. The first time I went there, I was actually out, because it's not too far from us. It's what, maybe an hour? Not even that, probably. But about It's about an hour. Is it? Yeah. 40, I know I say everything is 40 miles, but legitimately it's like 40 yeah. miles for me. <laughs> but it's the hour version of 40 miles, not the two-hour version of not 40 miles. Not the two-hour yeah. version, right. Um, so I was out and about one day, and I thought, oh, I might as well just go see Providence. I'm close enough. And I went into an area where I thought, this is not even... A, a good place like I felt like it was a little a little run down mm-hmm. um, and then later when I went back to Providence my wife and I went to see Kermit Ruffins um, who was coming up from New Orleans huge fan of his music so we went up to see his concert and it was a place that had like the drop your needles over here and there was a huge police presence and it just felt a little um a little less idyllic than I had imagined. Mm-hmm. What was interesting, though, is while... It, by, by the way, I think there's actually kind of a charm to that. But at the same time, it was interesting to see the Newport people come into Providence because they came with, like, their sweaters over their shoulders and their, you know, their hair perfectly done. And they did not seem to fit in at all <laughs> with the general energy. But at the same time, it was like, oh money's coming down to Providence for right. the day to see a concert and then it's going back off to the shore. Uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I was surprised. I thought Providence was going to be very, very New England. And I, I had a different perception than you and a different, I, I think we see it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a lot more city-like, but not in all the glamorous ways, like a like a New York. Right. Yeah, they're yeah they're definitely not New York. I can I can see your point on that because again that's what I meant. Like I would say 
quaint town, but the city, that's what I meant by that. Or, or you know, there it's it's an urban area. There's some nice areas, but there's definitely some areas to where it's like, hey, this is. And I think what I think if I'm extrapolating what you're saying, well, you kind of pictured it not having not being a place where there's as what well, we unfortunately have a lot in this country, the other side of the tracks. And Providence is definitely a place to where you can be, as people would say, on the other side of the tracks, whether that and not unfortunate term, but I think it I think it holds true. Um, right. Much more diverse. I think much more diverse than people would probably think when you think about Rhode Island, as Providence is. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And and you, because when you think of Rhode Island, you think of the Kennedys or you think of the mansions or you think of the lighthouses. Um, it was it was none of those things. Providence is its own. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't feel like I would say the the coastal part of Rhode Island at all. Right. What's also interesting, and this is more of a Connecticut thing. It's interesting that that's where our beaches are as well. So if you're listening to think and thinking, oh, um, where does Travis or Terrence go to the beach? Because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering that. It's important to know that Connecticut doesn't really have one because of Long Island, because Long Island comes all the way up. So if you actually want to go somewhere and see the Atlantic Ocean in all of its glory, you have to leave Connecticut. And I think the first really good place to do that is Rhode Island. Keep me honest there, Terrence. You're not, mm. you're not, you're not helping me out there. Yeah, I'm let's, trying to think. <laughs> yeah. All right. While you think about that, let's go up to, to Newport because this is a very different experience. Um, what happens in Newport, I want to tell you this story. My daughter and I, I'm getting a finger. Oh, I'm just, fo- that's how I'm following you. Okay. Story. <laughs> <laughs> this is where a video uh, podcast would be yeah, good. Because... Travis pointed at me and I pointed back everybody. So that's what's going on right yeah, now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, my daughter and I went to see some lighthouses we had some cameras we're like let's go do some photography Uh, and we drove out to see some lighthouses and the first thing that we realized is that a lot of beaches there are private there's a lot of like you're not allowed to come to this beach because it's for this property or for this section of um of the mansions or whatever and we kind of ignored that because how how serious could that be like how much are they really going to enforce Right. The idea that a visitor wants to go take a picture of this lighthouse, they have to accept at least some level of that happening. And there was actually a neighborhood watch in one neighborhood that we were trying to go through to see a beach. And they were asking people, do you live in this neighborhood? And if not, they, they were making them turn their car around. And it was just two people sitting under an umbrella and they had made it their neighborhood duty that day (laughs) to make sure that no non-resident was coming into their neighborhood unchecked the level of i mean who this is this is a whole world beyond me i never even knew that there were people so attached to their status or their where they live that they would actually post neighborhood guards there to say, I don't, I don't actually think you're good enough to come to one of our beaches. We don't even want your Nikes touching you do not. this sidewalk. We're going to be offended that your tires are touching this part of the road, but we will make an exception as long as it's a U-turn. <laughs> that was shocking, and it was the first, the first moment where we experienced like the, the gap where mm. 
there are the people who have the haves and have nots of New England. The haves are very, very um, intent on keeping their part of whatever state their part of that state. That's deep. Oh yeah. Like, like, seriously, no, I'm I'm serious. I I'm just picturing the two neighborhood watch people sitting there and you know it's actually it reminds me of that again, that reminds me of the South. <laughs> do tell, do tell. Yeah, I'm just saying I could picture two people like I'm about to ask you, like did they have like their little shotgun ready yeah. and like, you know. Yeah. That's that's wild. I think going back you it's funny because I just had a uh oh yeah we just had a I just had an epiphany ha ha <laughs> we did a, an epiphany sound check earlier so perfect it went well that uh, of how you you mentioned the lighthouses and things I think that is a thing up and down because we mentioned the lighthouses I think of Maine as a place with a lot of lighthouses but I think that's up and down the coast and then so I just so I just also had the epiphany of just how many islands are off the coast of New England that, because you said a lot of private islands and things like that. And I was just like, Oh, I don't know. This, that's just running through my mind right now. Because when you're here, you hear about a lot of islands off, off the coast of Connecticut, Massachusetts, of course, um, Rhode Island, Maine on up. So I guess I just, I never thought of any of them being like restricted. Like that's Travis and Terrence's Island. Don't go there. Yeah. But that, again, I guess, and it, to be I guess clear, it makes sense. This part was not an island. This was just a neighborhood. Oh, neighborhood. <laughs> they just did not want people coming in their neighborhood. Right. So um, so you see that a lot. And we've talked about the difference between like West Hartford and East Hartford. And, and yeah. we just went down to Essex, Connecticut this weekend. And we should come back and talk about that. They they at least let you come into their area. But it's still it's still a, it's still a vibe. Like where you feel judged from the minute you get there to the minute you leave. Like, what is a Honda doing next to my BMW? Right. right? <laughs> and so, um, and the flip side of that, we thinking about Newport. I think when you're talking about going there, then you got these areas with these huge, extravagant homes. And I guess there it's kind of like, that's the thing you go do. Hey, come to Newport and do the mansion walk and look at these huge extravagant homes that people own. They may not even live in them. They yeah. Just walk around and see how much they own. That, that is, that is an attraction. Come walk by our very, very large houses. It's called the cliff walk. The cliff walk. Is that what it is? I think it's the, called the cliff walk. Not the Google. A lot of people call it the mansion walk. And that, I think the Kennedy mansion is there, right? Um, I think so. By the way, one it, of those, one of those famous politicians, Probably more than one. It's really fascinating, though, because that area feels like any area that I grew up in. Like, generally, it's just a normal little town, mm-hmm. got a high school, until you get actually to that walk. And then mm-hmm. and then it's, it's royalty all the way around the cliffs. And you're allowed to walk by them and think, man, that person has a lot. And I did. So, like, <laughs> all of this said... Um, it's, it's not like it wasn't interesting to go walk by them and see how beautiful they were. I will say that the dogs, <laughs> the people walking their dogs next to those mansions, they're not walking their dogs in the same way you might walk your dog. It is a dog show. Those, 
the dogs that walk up and down that area are, uh, they, I think they get some sort of manicure every single day. I think they go through some whole spa treatment before they leave. The dogs there cost more than my car. I'm fairly confident. We got $500 sweaters on, you said? There was one dog that, yes, there was one. Yeah, the dog's clothes were more expensive than probably my whole ensemble. Um, and if you say, oh, that's a really beautiful dog, it, it's not taken as anything more than you saying, I breathe oxygen. It was just one of those facts, like, of course, who are you? <laughs> uh, nothing like the experience where I told that person nice hair. If you tell someone there that they have a nice dog, it's like, why? Who gave you permission to tell me about my dog? It, it's a it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Wow. Not, did you have you been there? Like, is this, am I talking alone? Talking here? I, I didn't have that experience because I don't like dogs. So I wouldn't, have, <laughs> I wouldn't have run up on anybody. I have never like, complimented a dog. You got a nice dog. Yeah. <laughs> Get that beast away from me. That's what I would have said. Uh, which which probably would have went over really well from what you told me. Um, but I have been. I, that's why I was googling, just just looking up to make sure I was right. The the Vanderbilt mansions are there, and so I'll, and, I, and it's funny because in Providence also there's like I think a Biltmore Hotel. So it's, it's funny to see that influence of the Vanderbilts, of course, in the U.S. But just how much in Rhode Island, um, their their prominence um, filters. Because there's like a Biltmore Hotel, there's a Vanderbilt place, and then you hear about all these, again, Rhode Island being this wealthy place um, that people have been in. Um, you hear about some of the crime conspiracies, which I don't want to get into because, you know, I'm scared, don't like talking about um, organized crime. There, there, I had no idea that Rhode Island, there's actually tours. You can go to Rhode Island and and get a tour where they'll take you around to the famous uh, crime scenes about organized that, that happened there because of organized crime. I didn't even know Rhode Island was a hotbed for organized crime until I came here. I'm neither confirming or denying that. I'm just saying what I've heard. How, how about In case this? organized crime is listening, I don't talk bad about organized crime. I, I did not say anything bad about them. All I said was there is a tour that you can take. Somehow they, they do these tours. I'm totally basing it off nah, of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that actually would be um, uh, quite a thing if organized crime but, was listening to our show. But the funny thing is, kind of being serious, I think you all, you all hear how small Rhode Island is, and I think you don't get captured that until you really go to Rhode Island. It is not, it is not a big state. And it's basically the size of you. You could do, you go through Rhode Island in a snap and it's really small. So for such a small state, and this is one of the things I realized when I was in Providence, the prominence of Rhode Island in the history of the U S is bananas for such a small place, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Um, even when you talk about their place in in um, the slave trade, their place in industry, it's, and you see a lot of this. They, of course, they have the monuments and things up um, that talk about not so much the slavery part, but just their place in like the building of the country. I, it's it's crazy just to think about like how much impact that this small place is almost makes me feel like 
it probably should be bigger. And I know it probably used to be bigger and, you know, all these places were attached or just not, didn't have the same borders, of course, as they do now. But I think just ama amazing how, you know, yeah, that's kind of how colonization works, I guess. But don't have to be the biggest place, just the place with the most power, right? That, yeah, I think they had a lot more influence than people give them credit to because of circumstance, because of uh, geography. And um, their their history was a lot more, I would say, colorful than I had anticipated. Right. Uh, um, so what would you say? Because you, you've also been to the Water Fire. Is that what it's called? Water Fire. That's one of the big things there. Um, tell us about that event. Water Fire was cool. So it's basically on the rivers in Providence. I think Providence River. I forget the names of the elders. Sorry, Water Fire. But it's a cool event. So basically they go, they light up little torches in the river, and it's a big event. People come. They're vendors. Um, there's there's music playing. It's it's right outside of um, it's right outside of a big mall. Their Providence Place Mall is near there, like basically almost center of the downtown. The Capitol sits in the the Capitol building sits in the background, and it's nice. Sun goes down. They light it up. It was one of the things that people always told me about being here. Like you got to go see Water Fire. You got to go see Water Fire. And I will say, from where we stay. You should go see Waterfire. You got to go. Might be a stretch. But <laughs> I happened to be there again when I was visiting with my nephew as they came up. And it, it was nice. Me and, my, me and my daughter went out. You sit by the river. Your feet dangle, you know, over the cliff. They have a lot of boat rides that take you on there as the, as the, as the um, fires are lit, the lanterns are lit. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely post some pictures. My pictures don't don't do it as much justice but i'll post some pictures of where uh well, of what it looked like and, and where are you going to post those pictures i will be posting them on our instagram page or on our website connecticut.show that oh, is excuse me did i mess that up no you got that exactly Woo! right it's not connecticut.com it's connecticut.show s-h-o-w and if you need to get a hold of us or ask any questions or tell us about leaves and how they divot the ground that's info at Connecticut.show. Yes. I was put some pictures up on my lawn now, too. Yeah, you, 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 don't bring that full circle. You're just trying to make me mad today, Travis. Uh, that's pretty good. No, you, I was, you and my partner. But I was going to say, uh, you know, you've kind of talked up Rhode Island. I was surprised that you went out of your way to insult the people behind the counter then. <laughs> if you liked it so much. The, that's because I went there after the right. Big E. So. <laughs> um, it, it sounds like what you're saying is that if you're in the area, it's a good place to visit, but it's not a, a trek. Don't, don't, don't drive too many miles to get there. Yeah, so very, it's very cool going to see the vendors. And if it's just, if you just out, especially with, you know, your friends and things like that, it's, I was like, it's one of those things. It's a really cool ambiance because again, Providence, I think is a really cool town. Again, this, a lot of shops, actually some, some good restaurants there also. Um, again, quintessential being near the being near the water, which Rhode Island being the ocean state is. Even though, as Travis said, it's not on the beach. It, Rhode Island's so you, small; everything is kind of yeah, near the beach. You take some beautiful bridges to get there, and and you're so close. Um, there's what's great talking about islands. It's like 
there's several ways to get back or to get through, and some of them, some of those ways actually just include you going from island to island across different bridges and stuff. It's a really beautiful place, and I will say even with the the kind of feeling I had in some of the areas that it was not the the beautiful Rhode Island that I'd imagined, it's still cool. Like for us, it's a really great place to go for what Terrence said for food, for nightlife, um, for events. There's going to be great concerts there again we have mohegan sun here which i think we're quite lucky to have um but a lot of musicians or entertainment that i would want to see they'll come through providence and it's yes it's a great place and we're we're quite lucky that it's so close to us i think mm. um on the beaches i think you go to the beach a little more often than i do what are some of the nicer beaches there in rhode island the one i've been to and i go to the most is i think musquamagat okay and that's I feel like all the people I've spoken to, that's the one that they attend the most. And it, it, it's a nice, has a nice strip. Uh, the thing about the beaches here is if you've ever been told by your physical therapist, a doctor to ice something. <laughs> it's colder water. Oh, my goodness. It, Travis says he thinks, I don't think Travis has really been to the beach here and realized how cold I'm talking because Travis always like, oh, I love the colder water. And I, Travis? Yeah. That water is colder than you think it is. I don't. I, I, I think I may have stuck my toe in the Pacific when I went there. I don't remember it being as cold as this. So l- let me tell you my reason for saying that, because the Pacific Ocean is colder, especially as you go north. If you take um, up to like Oregon or Washington or even northern California, the water is going to be significantly colder. But my whole life, e- even in the southern California beaches, the water's cold you don't just run in you kind of adapt you run in come mm-hmm. out run in come out and then after about five minutes then you've adjusted to the water enough to enjoy it and then the first time i was in florida that was like warm bath water that was gross you, said you didn't like it yet. yeah that's <laughs> not okay and i i get it you know if you just want to be in the water immediately florida is the place you want to be but to me that was i felt like i needed to take a shower after that experience so my perception is, yes, I would prefer cold ocean water, um, but we're, we're up further north for sure. So I suspect it is colder than even what I grew up with. But I'm noticing from the stare I'm getting from Terrence, I'm probably He's still underestimating how cold uh, it actually is. And I'm not sure because, again, we, you know, we're from different coasts and, you know, I'm a down south kid, so... I, I just know the first time I went into the water here, I was like, if my ankle was swollen, I'm pretty sure this water would take all the swelling out of my out of my ankle. Do you do you adapt though? Like once you're in it for a few minutes, is it such that you're like, okay, I've been in for five minutes and it's still cool, too cold and I'm leaving, or does your body adapt to it? It depends on who you are. Okay. Again, going back to my lovely better half, she loves the beach and she even loves going to the beach here, or like really likes going to the beach here. She's never getting in that water. Because it's too unless, cold. Unless it's one of the days where it's 90 degrees and the water may be a little more chilly. She's not getting in the water. I'll go and I get knee high and the kids, well, they will go jump in. And even then, my poor baby is shivering when she gets <laughs> out. It's 85 degrees. She's shivering, talking about how cold she is. And, you know, her little lips are turning blue <laughs> from being in the water. But other people, they're, they're out there floating as I said, there's people out there who just, they enjoy it. It's just not, 
Are there not people, quite yeah, must be. That's what I was going to ask. So there, there is an actual like community out there. Oh, absolutely. That, that is not coming in. All right, I think I'd be fine. There's a lot of people. Again, a lot of people. It's like the usual beach. It's like a lot of people in the water. I'm just saying we we're the ones who are like, this water is really cold. The um, is there any any danger up here? Is this a great white habitat or anything migration? Like, is there any additional dangers in New England water? That's a good question. I'm I remember not sure. might be too cold for great whites to come up here and eat people. Yeah, I was wondering that. I, I remember in Australia looking down at the ocean and it was just full of jellyfish. And mm-hmm. I wondered, like, how does anyone go in this water? I've never seen that many jellyfish. And that was pretty common. And in Florida, I was out in the water and a fin just came up right next to me and glided by. And I thought, that's too many sharks for me today. Um, <laughs> and And I don't remember anything like that. I'd heard of things in the... Pacific, where I grew up, and that's where I spent most of my time in the beach, in the water. Uh, New England, I haven't heard anything. I haven't yeah. heard if it's... The story I heard of New England, this was Maine, getting a, getting away from Rhode Island, a little a northerly neighbor. They talked about this one island where, and this happens in some other places, a lot of seals would be there. Oh, okay. So the seals or whatever are there. Offside of there, they said outside of that little island, there'll be a lot of sharks that surround there because they're waiting on the seals to get in. But that, again, I feel like anytime someone says there's a lot of seals there, that's immediately a red flag for a lot of sharks. Yeah, that, yeah maybe <laughs> or, I don't want to go swimming. Some there. predator. Yeah, yeah. even so. seals can be vicious. Everyone, if you didn't know that. Yeah, um, I will say if we're gonna give a, a an overall impression of. Rhode Island, it's very difficult to do because I feel like in that very small state, there are so many different experiences you can have from being kicked out of a neighborhood to the very, what I think is kind of a welcoming and lively area like Providence to the coastal islandy beach area. Um, Strangely, in such a small geographical circle, There's a lot of different experiences you can have there. So it's hard to say I give this state an A or a B or a C. Um, but yeah. I would say two out of three of my experiences were lovely. How about that? No, I think that's great. And I think that's, a again, there's a lot of things to do there. I think great food. Check out the history. To, I, I think Providence was one of the first places for, there was the hard scrabble and Snowtown riots. Definitely Google that. They have a plaque there right below the Capitol lawn about it. So it was a place for free free African Americans. And and more or less, it, like like as usual, there started there started to be talks of the free freed African Americans and poor white people. People in Providence, some had a problem with this, and I'm I'm very much summarizing this story they went in there and basically there was a riot and they burned the place down more or less and it happened in another place there in Snowtown also and so I think the government and the state they actually said we got to do something about this and started um you know not many people got arrested it sounds like but right. they did say we got to make some laws because we just can't have you we just can't have white people going around just burning down every town yeah. because black people are there again Google it, Snowtown, 
And that's generally Snowtown good advice. And um and Hard Scrabble. Hard Scrabble is the one in Providence. Snowtown may have been in Providence also. After yes, Snowtown's in Providence also. But I think just even that general history, me finding out that Plantation was just taken out of the name of Rhode Island recently. And it's now just the state, the state of Rhode Island versus what it used to be. Yeah, I mean we're we're coming up on the hour, so we're yeah, gonna crazy we're gonna stuff. finish up here. But it is too bad. I feel like we should have got into how long the name is. The name is longer than the entire. Uh, bigger, the, the name is bigger yeah, than the state. Bigger <laughs> than the state. Um, with that said, I know that we've had people ask us to do a segment. A minus, y'all. By the way, that's my great. Travis didn't give it a great. I give Rhode Island an A minus if you if you're gonna go visit it. I think. Sincerely, if you go visit the whole place and check it out, I would say, especially again, I always go by expectations. From what you thought it was, it's probably, I would say, it's probably a little bit better. Okay, A minus B plus. I'd I'd probably go there as well, and I would definitely recommend checking, uh, spending some time there, not just going. I think to really give it its credence, you should stay there for a couple of days and, and plan to explore. Especially since I made the people at the Big E mad. So I hope that makes yeah. them happy. <laughs> They're going to be like, you're forgiven. <laughs> We're listening to your show. You're absolutely forgiven now. Um, there have been talk or, or suggestions that we have, a section where we talk about some of the great places in these states. Um, so maybe we should start talking about great restaurants or places to visit when you come to Rhode Island. Uh, Terrence, we're, we're thinking of giving you a sports section where you talk about a school or, or a specific state and what the sports are like there. Um, so please tell us if you're listening, still listening, and you have some ideas for a segment that you would like to hear on every episode, some sort of recommendation or overview, uh, please give us that. We could even do, I mean, with your background in education, we could even give you kind of a, a tour, a virtual tour of each uh, college in the area and tell you places to check out. Wouldn't be bad. And when we say we, we are talking about Travis and myself. That is the we were referring yeah, to. Yeah, it's mostly we by uh, me interviewing you on, <laughs> on what that's like because sports and education uh, will be your, your forte for sure. All right, as we're wrapping up, uh, any last things? We're hitting the hour here. Hey, we appreciate you all listening. If you all want a spot, let us know. We'll try to figure out how to phone you in so you can talk to us and tell us what we have right, what we have wrong, and even if you don't like us. Be prepared for us to push back if you say you don't like us too much because we need these ratings, baby. We do. We're, we're pushing for ratings. Um, we keep talking about having guests, and we don't. And the reality is because I can't figure out the phones. And by can't figure out the phones, it's I haven't taken the time to figure out the phones. We will have guests that call in, uh, but we are looking to have guests in studio as well. So please, again, continue to recommend uh, who you'd like to see. We did not give a shout out to Bon Bon Vivant, and I'm going to go ahead and do that now as they lead us out. But for Travis Poppleton and Terrence, don't call me Terry. And this is the Connecticut Show. Peace. Peace.